Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're currently here in Manila, Philippines, uh, about to launch a next book on a kid's book series. So make sure you check it out on Amazon, Kindle, and of course, daddyblogger.com. And one of the things I love to do on my show is interview... Uh, about to launch a next book on a kids book series. All right, so one of the things I love to do on my show is I love interviewing fellow digital nomads, fellow world travelers, and fellow podcasters, and most importantly, fellow dads. And I have one on the show here today. His name is Adam Finan. He's joining us live on location from Ireland. Yes, that's right, Ireland. And we haven't had many digital, Irish digital nomads yet, so super excited to interview a digital nomad dad from Ireland. And uh, so Adam's actually the founder of the Digital Nomad, uh, the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. I had a chance to be on his podcast, and now we're flipping the roles around. I get to interview him on my podcast. So us dads, us podcasters, us digital nomads have to support and uh, you know uh, help out each other. Uh, he's also working for Shopify Plus, and he has a very interesting model in terms of he's working for a company as a digital nomad. Plus, he's an entrepreneur. He has several different websites, and he's working as an entrepreneur and as a remote worker. Uh, so he definitely has figured out this great model uh, for uh, becoming a digital nomad, not just solo, but as a family. So super excited to uh, pick Adam's brain in terms of how he's been able to do that. Adam, how are you doing over there in beautiful Ireland today, my friend? Hello, hello. It's beautiful and wet and cold as always, but uh, yeah, no, all's good. Thank you for uh, having me on and thanks for coming on the podcast yourself. Um, there's quite a few Irish digital nomads out and about there, I can tell you that. If you go digging, I can pull out a few, but um, it's, becoming, it's becoming more normal. You know, it's becoming more normal for people to, to travel and work. And also in Ireland, uh, it's becoming quite popular to you know, work from home and not have to live in the big cities traditionally if you want to work for a big company in Ireland you need to move to Dublin where the rent is like stupid money every month and there's a lot more companies embracing the you know allowing essentially staff to work from home and you know I'm fortunate in that I work for a company called Shopify Plus a Canadian company that is a enterprise SaaS solution for e-commerce stores uh, powering some of the fastest brands in the world and you know I get to work remote from Ireland for Shopify Plus um, and yeah, I get to work with some amazing merchants all over the world. And the fact that I'm working from home doesn't make any difference to what I can do. You know, I don't need to be in an office. And yeah, so thanks for having us on. And yeah, I look forward to digging into it and, and answering some of your questions. Sounds like a plan, my friend. So Adam, uh, you're a fellow dad, and I love talking to dads just about their journey as a dad and how that's changed their work and career. Um, so tell us about that shift and uh, tell us a little bit about your family too, you know, uh, your family, uh, your business and your life over there in Ireland and especially focusing on fathered and the shift that's happened since you became a dad. Yeah, well, I mean, couldn't have been any more of a shift really. I mean, we were backpacking New Zealand when um, <laughs> my partner um, became pregnant, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I mean, like we were backpacking New Zealand and then, uh, you know, when we found out that uh, Amanda was pregnant, we moved to uh, Thailand, <laughs> which is a, you know, why not? Let's go to Chiang Mai. We figured this was the time to do it. That was where all the digital nomads are. At that point, I had left the... Uh, I used to work in civil construction in Australia. I was, I was running a tunnel boring machines. I used to work underground a lot of the day. Crazy um, change. I, and I knew I wanted to work online. I started building Amazon affiliate websites and started doing freelance writing and then uh, quit, all, quit Australia and was sponsored and everything in Australia. I moved to 
uh, New Zealand, Queenstown, uh, snowboard and spot up in, on the South Island and yeah, stayed there for a couple of months and then we moved to Thailand and we stayed there until my partner was 37 weeks pregnant. So literally like as far pregnant as you can go, we were in Thailand and you know, until the point where you're, you're fighting with airplane providers to let you on the airplane. <laughs> Only one airplane would let us on. It was like Norwegian Airlines or something. We got to Copenhagen and I made it back. And yeah, and I suppose then, you know, our daughter was born in January then in 2014. And yeah, I mean, it changes a lot of things. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about it. I mean, it just, uh, it changes your, your life and, and in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, as far as work goes, I mean, I feel very fortunate that I get to work from home and I can see her when I want, drop her to school, pick her up, you know, whereas that's now, I guess, even back then, you know, I would have worked a lot in-house with clients. So I would go and, like, I was freelancing. So when we came back from Thailand, like, at that time, I was doing SEO, had a number of travel blogs, had about 100 and something travel blogs, and we were doing content for people. So we were writing content, you know, charging $25, paying a writer a tenor, editing it ourselves, or keeping an eye on it, basically just doing that sort of a model. But there was two big Google updates that happened in that time period, and a number of our clients' websites got either de-indexed or, you know, I don't know, they weren't making as much money off them, so we lost a lot of clients. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of started working locally and doing – I suppose pulling from the skills that you have, you know, and especially when you have a newborn, I mean, you'll use whatever you got. So, I mean, I would Facebook ads, did a lot of Teespring campaigns and things like that, where there was a rage at the time where people were selling T-shirts. You could target people by their surnames and all sorts of stuff on Facebook, web design, SEO, all, all that sort of stuff, um, wherever I could make work, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a long-winded way of getting to where... Uh, yeah, and I mean, did that for like two and a half, three years, was working with people all over the world. And then um, last June, not June past, June before, or maybe it was like May or something. But um, yeah, I mean, I got a, got approached on LinkedIn um, to, that I want to interview for Shopify Plus. And, you know, I mean, did the interviews, learned about what the job was, and I, I took it. And I was very happy to do so. And they're an amazing company to work for. And, you know, they're, as I say, if you want to if you're offered a seat in a rocket ship you don't ask which one you just jump on there so um like yeah i mean i get to work with businesses and brands i, I could have never dreamed of um, and i'm very fortunate and privileged to do so and i get to do it from home and i can pick up my daughter i can drop her to school i can hang out with her if i want i can take a break play barbies for a few hours you know i got a girl that's my life <laughs> You know, and I love that. I love that I can do that. You know, five years ago, I used to be down in a hole in Australia, 12, 14 hours a day in 45 degrees Celsius heat, like shoveling and yeah, breaking my back. So um, quite a transformation. <laughs> Definitely a big transformation indeed, Adam. So now you're living this digital nomad lifestyle. I happen to be based in Ireland, but uh, you mentioned even pre-interview, you're planning to explore uh, different parts of Europe, like Spain and beyond. Uh, so now I'm interested in a model uh, you are, have created, which is a hybrid. You are working for a company, plus you're an entrepreneur. And this is actually a, a great hybrid, I feel, uh, because as uh, for me, I don't have that hybrid model. I have, uh, you know, the entrepreneur model where I have multiple streams of income, but it's been challenging, uh, especially from the financial standpoint, because my income's up and down. There's a lot of instability. Uh, so it's been challenging for us um, in terms of traveling and working, whereas you, you have the entrepreneurial income, but you also have the stable, consistent, reliable income, which man, oh man, us entrepreneurs are jealous and envious of. So tell us about uh, 
you know, how that looks like for you? Because are you working like a 40 hour, 40 hour work week or like 20 hour work week for the company? And are you doing entrepreneurial side hustles? Like tell us about your work life balance because you're um, obviously raising a, a child and you're working for a company plus you're an entrepreneur and a podcaster. How does that look like on a very practical day to day level? Yeah, I mean, in terms of working, uh, when I'm working for Shopify, I mean, it's like you're working, you're working with merchants, and I mean, like it's an, it's forty hours a week, but it's kind of like not necessarily. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes it could be more. Sometimes it be a bit less. It depends on what's going on at that moment. Like right now, we're probably we're, we're getting geared up for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. You know, that's only. And well, I know it's a couple of weeks away, but it's for a lot of e-commerce stores. Q4 is the biggest; it's the biggest quarter of the year. So, I mean, my workload may get quite heavy there. Um, but in terms of how do I manage these other things? Well, I have teams. So, I mean, I have a team in India who help me out. I have a team in the Philippines who help me out, and I have some people here in Ireland who help me out. And like you're saying, like when I where I struggled before, I guess was when I was trying to do all those things off the money that I was making from my websites and from things like that you know you'd make money but it was just going right back in and I was finding it very difficult to live off it you know what I mean like it, was, it was quite difficult to pay yourself a wage or a salary which is probably one of the most like you don't have a business until you can do that to yourself you know like not, not a proper one you know where you can take and you spoke about it in, in the last podcast I wrote down here it was a <laughs> save sell sponsor salary and it's it's so important because you know, like you can do all this work and be busy 12 hours a day, seven days a week. But if you're not taking a decent, you know, like, or, you know, something for yourself out of it on the side, you're not just living in the business all the time. It can be very difficult. And I feel that when you have the hybrid model, so you work for a company and you pursue your own entrepreneurial ventures. So first of all, like you're saying, you have a salary. So there's money coming in every month and it's predictable. Then you have your side businesses. So there's money coming in from that as well. And then you can put, either the money back in or, you know, if websites or whatever, it doesn't do too well on the affiliate side of things, you could pull from your salary and you're not going to leave yourself stuck short. So, I mean, I would, I'm probably guilty of pursuing too many ventures at one time. Like, you know, I've done Amazon FBA in the last year. So thousands of products from China into Amazon in the UK have um, affiliate websites that I do uh, podcasts, like just all these things cost money, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, I, I guess I couldn't, couldn't pursue them with such vigor if I didn't have a salary, you know, um, uh, as well. And yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's not for everybody, but I, I feel like, like, I love my job. I really genuinely do. Like I've never said that before about any job. Like I love what I do and I love the people I get to work with and the people who get hired by shop are super smart. Like the people in my team and then the people who I can rely on to help me like some of the smartest people in the world you know and, and I'm, I'm privileged to be amongst them and to be you know given the opportunity to yeah i don't work from home and, and like you said i mean I'm, I'm evaluating maybe moving to spain next year and um, hopefully i like there's nothing stopping me really other than uh, considering schools for my daughter like that's probably the biggest thing like you know is you know it's the same time zone there's no issues with like well, there shouldn't be any issues you know with, with my work so I mean, my own businesses that I have going on, they're fine. I'm building certain things there. You know, they're steady. They're, a lot of these are long ball plays, you know, like affiliate websites. There's no magic button. You got to just chip away, put up your content, put up your links, do your backlinks, do outreach strategy. Like you just got to keep chipping away and building up the visitors and building up and then either, 
either sell the site, flip the site. You know, once you get the, the revenue to like $1,500 a month, I would, I would be very much of the model of sell it. You know, take a 20, 30 grand cash out. Or if you have one that's really successful, um, you know, keep that one and sell the other ones. But I, I'm launching, I, like, I try and launch at least one, well, one to three affiliate websites every quarter. Um, and yeah, just based on keyword research, uh, digging into niches and you know, using the Amazon affiliate model right now. I know it's not the greatest affiliate model in the world, but um, people know like, I can trust Amazon and I feel like I can, I, I can do that model because I've been doing it for a few years. And um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's, my, <laughs> that's how I go about it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I'd like to break down both of those kind of hybrid approaches. So the first is obviously working remotely. Second is entrepreneurial, so we'll go into those. So in terms of the remote work, uh, so are you working like a nine to five or is it a little bit more flexible with time? Uh, do you have certain tasks you need to do? Do you need to report to a manager? Are you doing things like Skype calls or uh, Zoom or Google Hangout calls? Are you uh, using things like Slack? I'd love for you to walk us through like a day and how it looks like and what are the must do's and what are the kind of the flexibles as well? Yeah, I mean, it's very flexible. I mean, honestly, it's, you know, I can, it's flexible in that, you know, you maintain a schedule and you maintain a portfolio. You know, I have a portfolio of merchants that I maintain and I have certain internal tasks that need to be done. But like, I wouldn't say to any two days are specifically the same. Um, you know, my job really is to work as a strategic advisor. You know, it's essentially an e-commerce consultant. If I was to give it a title, that's what it is. It's actually called a merchant success manager. So, I mean, we dig into the e-commerce business model across the six key areas of uh, e-commerce that have, we've defined, I guess, across you know hundreds of thousands of stores. And that would be uh, your branding strategy, your technology stack, your business operations, conversion, retention, and acquisition. Those are the six key areas. And I would dig into one of these key areas with a merchant across, you know, like a 90-day sprint is the way I would think about it. So like it could be email marketing. And let's say, you know, I'd get logged in with their email marketing software and I dig into what are the workflows that they have going on, what's, uh, what automations are in place, what sort of segmentation and tagging is set up. And I mean, we would just dig into it, you know, and do this over, have we'd have calls every month or so or, or every couple of weeks and, and just dig into that key area, uh, hold each other accountable for what it is that we're trying to do and yeah, and, and help in, in terms of strategic advice. Um, it's, it's not said, it's so flexible. Like it's flexible in that, like you have portfolio, you have things to do. I am an adult and I can do my own work. You know, I don't have to be there nine to five. Sometimes I work start late in the evening and work late. Sometimes, like I said, you can do a day in a shorter day. Other times your day can run over. Sometimes it might do a few hours on the weekend. Like it depends. Like there's no, it's not very black and white, you know, in, in my position, you know, I mean, it's different if you're in different positions. Like if you're, let's say, like a guru at Shopify, which there are hundreds of gurus in Shopify in Ireland uh, who work remotely. Um, but they would be like, they would be manning a live chat or the phones. So like, you know, you would have to be there, <laughs> you know, you couldn't just like, you know, disappear for a few hours, like, you know, but um, you, you, you know, at different roles, I guess I'm, I'm very fortunate that mine is like, my role is not responsive and that it's not urgent. And, you know, I'm there to work on the long-term strategic goals with the merchants and we set recurrent schedules and I have a, you know, time block on my calendar of 24 hours. You can't just book me like now for this evening, you know, like it's, it's, it doesn't work like that. There's no direct line to my mobile phone, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
that's kind of how, how it would work uh, in terms of what tools would I use. I mean, a lot of Slack, uh, Google Drive, primarily uh, Zoom as well. I would use Zoom a lot for, for team meetings and things like that. Um, I mean, with merchants, my phone. <laughs> I just call them off my phone a lot because I don't trust a lot of the online. You know, I've tried the Vipes, I've tried TalkDesk and all these other things, and they don't always work great. Uh, sometimes, you know, like just with, uh, for the merchant experience, you want to make sure that you're, you're giving them the best experience possible. And sometimes that just means calling off my phone. So, and that's like an extra $20 a month on my plan, and I get, you know, hundreds of international minutes. and doesn't matter who where i'm calling whether it's dubai or england or america it, it's you know i i've never gone over yet anyway i've got like 800 minutes a month or something so like i'm not on the phone that much <laughs> with them but um yeah i mean that's what it looks like i mean sometimes if you're talking about a day like i mean you could chalk out a half a day and i could spend it in clavio you know another day i could chalk out four or five hours it could be in google analytics looking at the e-commerce funnels and it's it's not black and white it depends on what the merchant needs help with and what I'm working on at that time with that merchant. So it's, it's not, it's, it's not black and white. And I, this is what I love about it. Like you're digging into all the different areas of e-commerce, you know, and, and digital marketing and strategy. And, um, I, I love it. I love that I get to do that with, the, with these huge brands. Awesome. Awesome. So you mentioned these six steps of e-commerce and you know, a lot of us who are digital nomads, we are in e-commerce to some degree. We're selling coaching. We're selling, um, we're selling online courses. We're selling Kindle books, uh, selling membership sites or physical products and something like FBA. So I would love your insights into, uh, how can you apply these six e-commerce strategies to us as solopreneurs who are doing affiliate marketing, et cetera. Um, so, Tell us about the six uh, steps you mentioned, but maybe walk us through like in the next three, four minutes, walk us through step one, two, three, four, five, six in terms of a little bit more detail, unpack it and make it relevant to us solopreneur digital nomads. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't say six steps. I think it's more like the six core modules of, of e-commerce. You know what I mean? I wouldn't call them six steps. And within these steps, I guess what you'd want to do is, is self-identify across like you know, whether you're an evolving or a mature in these areas. So like, let's take, for instance, you know, your branding and brand strategy. Like, you know, you, you would work with some, you would work with a merchant or in this instance, you would work yourself to like, think about, you know, where am, where am I with my brand and strategy? You know what I mean? Like, am I like level one? Am I, you know, I think about it a little bit. It's okay. I've been doing all right. You know, or is, are you like mature as in like, you know, working with branding consultants i mean everything's on point it's never pixel off you know and like there's a number of different ways of looking at it but um i guess really on top when you drill into the six core areas you then want to drill into you know the level that you're at you know what i mean and we'd use a level of one to five so um from evolving to mature and you would just work you'd work with a person to try and help them move through these levels and essentially level up you know what i mean that's that's the mentality that you're trying to do here and um, technology stack is another thing. I mean, you know, you, as you can imagine, if you're an e-commerce store, if you're doing a million a year or an e-commerce store is doing 10 million a year, like there's two, like your technology stack is going to change. You know what I mean? The things that you need, your inventory management systems, your, your product information systems, all those things change. And look, this is the same with if you're, uh, if you're a digital nomad or if you're an online entrepreneur, like as you grow and evolve, your technology stack is going to change. I mean, for me at the minute, I've built everything on Thrive Teams uh, because I thought it was amazing. And I regret that decision at this point in time. And I'm going to move everything over to the Genesis framework and probably WP Engine because 
it's just causing me more headaches than I would like. But like as you grow and evolve and as your traffic grows and, and things, maybe, I don't know if you've seen this before, but certain things you need to evolve, you know, like your, your theme and your website, your hosting provider, maybe you were all good on a shared hosting plan, $5 a month with Bluehost, you know, but now it's time to grow up and pay 20 quid a month, <laughs> like, you know, get a, or 35, like I like this WP Engine crowd, you know, they seem really good. Um, I have a number of friends who've just migrated to them and they like got a plan for like $35 a month that's the same as what do I use now I have SiteGround and SiteGround is like £70 for the year sterling uh, I think that was what it was when I bought it so whatever that is about $100 and something dollars $110 but like WP Engine is $35 a month and it basically gives you the same level of hosting as like a SiteGround 200 and something dollars a month plan so in terms of you know, where you're at, like, I mean, this could be your email market and maybe with Aweber, maybe using Drip, maybe using Constant Contact, maybe you're just got a MailChimp list, and your MailChimp list, and you send out a newsletter every week, and that's your email marketing strategy. You know, if, as you grow your list, and as you evolve as a digital nomad, as an online entrepreneur, you're going to want to look at that and think, hmm, is that the right email marketing technology platform for me. Not saying MailChimp's not a good one. MailChimp's fabulous. You can drill into MailChimp and build all these things out within it. Or, you know, maybe you're going to look at something that fulfills your needs a little bit differently. Like maybe you're using, going to use Drip, Constant Campaign, you know, all these different, I suppose that's where that area comes from. And I think that's probably one of the most important in, ter in terms of like making it relevant to your audience is, you know, knowing your technology stack and knowing when it's time to pivot and, and change and upgrade, you know, um, like you can start off with, I'm, I'm definitely an advocate for starting off with the minimum viable product. Like when I build out these Amazon affiliate sites, I whack them all on a shared site ground hosting platform and not until, you know what I mean? I'll put like three or four sites on one shared hosting, 70 quid for the year, 80 quid for the year, whatever it is. And once they build up the traffic and get to a certain point, then I would migrate them to a, a, a you know a more robust hosting solution. But you don't need to come out the gate with you know all the best of the best. You know the the iPhone X and the you know the top of the top. You don't need to come out the gate if you're if you're at early stages with all that. Um, I'm definitely an advocate for minimum viable product. Um, you know just get get to market quickly and evaluate your idea. Um, I mean, then business operations, in terms of your audience and, and where I'm at now, and we touched on it briefly in our project, something that drives me mad as accountant, I hate it. I'm not my big fan of it because I have to think about it because the Irish revenue, I need to submit my accounts in October. The end of October is the end of the tax year for last year. So, you know, you got to make sure you got all your invoices, all your expenses, your bank statements, your credit card statements. It's like, oh, such a pain in it backside my man you know if you don't have all that organized if you weren't smart and use zero or fresh books is something that i like um i like i quite like fresh books but you know if you didn't have zero or quickbooks or something set up if you weren't snapping all your expenses along the way you're gonna find yourself with a big load of manual administrative work that is not beneficial to your time but if you don't do it the revenue in ireland anyway will slap you at a big fat fine <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, that's 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 your business operations. But you know, in, in terms of what I would work with people on, it's yeah, it's about re reducing manual tasks and improving efficiencies. That's really where where I what I would put that down to. You know, where can you reduce, where can you reduce the manual tasks? Where can you automate where possible these boring administrative tasks that should be done by a computer? You know what I mean? Like you should be taking a photo of your receipts and just it just automatically 
backs itself up into whatever platform you're using and reads it and adds it to a profit and loss sheet. Um, acquisition, I mean, acquiring customers is hugely important, I guess. You know, and I mean, it depends on the medium and the product. In terms of your your business and your um, what you will be doing. I mean, how are you acquiring new customers? I mean, I feel like this. We're right here now. We're looking. I'm looking. I got a live button on YouTube. It's the first time I've ever been live on YouTube. <laughs> but like, you're you're putting videos on YouTube. You have videos on Facebook. You're maybe running some Facebook ads. Yeah, you know, that's how you are acquiring customers. Maybe if you're a freelancer, you're active in groups. I've seen this time and time and time again from different people. If you are a freelance digital nomad. And you're looking to get new clients, or you want people to know who you are, Facebook groups is where you should be hanging out, providing value, asking, answering questions, and you will get work. You will get referred. Maybe you need to do a little bit of free work for somebody at the start to just have somebody recommend you. But for the most part, yeah, that's that's what I've seen to be hugely beneficial. Um, acquisition, so wide and broad. I mean, you're talking about Facebook ads, Google Ad Suite, you know what I mean? From AdWords, Google Shopping. I mean, I would work with people on a number of different things, but primarily it's, it's drilling down into what works to acquire, what has worked up to now for you to acquire customers and what are new ways that you could acquire customers for the lowest cost, essentially. So if you're a service-based digital nomad provider, so you're a freelancer or something like that, I mean, that's the way I would be trying to think about it is, you know, how do you, acquire customers for the lowest cost because sometimes it's funny like i talk with people who do freelance stuff and like they don't spend any money on ads any money at all yet they want to charge you five grand for a website and it's like you know if you're thinking about this logically like you should be willing to pay you know the profit of what it costs to acquire a customer at least once per month to bring in more you know to bring in two or three clients so if you do web design and you charge five grand for a website or whatever you should be at least budgeting a couple of grand for your for your ads to you know to acquire those leads for those um, web design clients you know and or for those Google AdWords and it's fascinating to me how sometimes people don't even don't even understand the idea that they should be spending money on adverts because they're living out of the money. See, this is the thing. This is where the hybrid is good. They're living out of that money. They can't afford to. Like, man, got to pay my rent, got to book my flight, got to pay that co-working space. Yeah, want to do that tour. <laughs> it's like, I ain't got nothing left for ads, so you're on the chase all the time. I think it's important to be aware of your acquisition, you know, and, and have some budget set aside for it because that's one of the few things that, it's very difficult to do without any budget, you know? I mean, beyond being very aggressive on the likes of Instagram and following certain hashtags and uh, really commenting and connecting on there, um, it's very difficult to, to acquire customers without paying something up front, you know, um, or having very strong SEO. Retention um, is just about looking after people, you know? It's about retargeting. Um, your, what would be the words? Nurturing your email list. You know, like digging into it and, and um, nurturing, nurturing these people who've taken the time to visit your website, who've given you their contact details, who feel that you are important enough that they were willing to entertain the idea of hearing more from you. So I think it's important to nurture those people um, where possible segment them so that you're only sending them what's relevant. Um, uh, and then conversion. Yeah, so conversion is, I mean, conversion is conversion isn't it? whether you're selling coaching or whether you're selling uh, a product on an e-commerce store you know conversion is when you have the person on the website how many of those people you convert in sales and 
it's hugely important because you know as a digital nomad and as somebody who comes to me i ran my own business for four and a half years doing seo web design facebook ads all that sort of stuff and i still have a business over there for that and i work on it but it's primarily fulfilled by my team in the philippines and in india i do i would only do the sales the front end which is to me the important thing is to talk into the client understanding what they need and then passing it on and making a margin on the top of it and then when it comes to conversion i mean that's what's important if you're if you're a freelancer or an online business owner i mean you need you need to get talking to people. You need those people on the phone if you're a service provider or if you're you know, uh, selling something online, such as a product or a service. You need traffic. You need eyes on that offer. You know? And it, when you have an offer that converts, then you have a business. You know what I mean? Like You need an offer that converts. And if you don't, you're in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> Especially if that's your only business model. <laughs> so... Yeah, so maybe a little bit more than two or three minutes. But like if I was to dig into a mega relevant, that's kind of how I feel, you know, how I would, oh, you know, in a live scenario where there's no preparation or edits, that's how I would make it work. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Uh, because, uh, you know, you gave us a really uh, great way of applying your skill set from working big corporation, big company to us as solopreneurs. And we all need to do those, uh, you know, um, six different not steps, but different uh, methodologies to increase our business, to get customers, uh, to generate more revenue. So I love it. I love it. Thank you for that, Adam. So aside from working, uh, you know, with Shopify Plus as a remote nomad, you're also building up your own solopreneur ventures. And you've been doing this for, you know, several years now as uh, niche, sites, niche sites, blogs, etc. So in terms of now, what is your focus? Uh, because you've transitioned away from a lot of the Steph, in the past, what's your uh, focus now in terms of your entrepreneurial ventures currently? My problem is that I am tortured with ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a typical entrepreneurial problem, right? The monkey syndrome. The, the squirrel, squirrel, or the shiny object syndrome. Tortured. We all struggle with the shiny object yeah. syndrome. So many good ideas, man. Ideas are easy. Implementation is hard, you know? And that's, I think that's, that should be like, I don't know. Maybe I should get that tattooed on me after <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it. Um, you know, what am I focusing on right now? I mean, we spoke briefly about this before we got on. So, like, it over the summer because I had so many different things going on. Um, I, I, I like kind of did a, a clean sweep, and you know, let's say affiliate sites that weren't performing, either sold them or just shut them down. Uh, you know, moved them on, sold the domain, whatever. There's people who buy just a domain name if you've been looking after it. Um, I did kind of a clean sweep. Right now I'm focused on growing the podcast and growing a small number of affiliate websites. Those are, to be honest, my two core areas that I'm focusing on in terms of online business ventures. And then I have teamed up with a uh, social media marketing agency here in Ireland and I'm offering SEO services specifically local SEO so I mean really good at this so getting businesses optimized in Google Maps um, primarily working with service-based providers that come to you so this will be things like roofers plumbers carpet cleaning air duct cleaning and we're going to push into America pretty aggressively. I mean, we have clients already in Ireland, UK, Australia, and in America. And we're going to really start focusing on America because in Ireland, it's just not, we don't have population density. It's, you know, outside of Dublin, it's just like, it's not difficult and people don't put a value on it. Whereas in America, it's normal for people to pay thousand, two thousand dollars a month for uh, SEO services. Um, you know what I mean? And if you're selling... Let's say, for instance, something like 
you know, a roof, like a new roof could be 10 grand, could be 20 grand, or, you know, a, a, a plumb or landscaper to come out to your house and do your whole garden or property. Once again, it could be eight grand, could be 10 grand, you know? So if you're getting these businesses, some good qualified leads every month, you know, they don't have any issue paying, you know, the, the sort of revenue that, um, sort of revenue that's relative to a business model that I want to pursue moving forward. So those are, I mean, really that's kind of where I'm at. So something I've always struggled with on that end is I hate doing social media for other people. Absolutely hate it. Drives me mad. And I nearly, I've done this before where I said I'd never do it again. And then I find myself doing it again. You know, that rabbit hole, you guess, can you also do this? You're like, oh yeah. And then you're like, oh, why did I say I'd do that? I hate doing it for other people. So my friend Jacinta who runs it, she's actually a branding consultant, you know, so she works with people on branding and branding strategy and communications. And then she started a social media agency called hashtag media.ie. And they are, yeah, they're really good. And they're doing like social TV. They're going to events and um, live, you know, interviewing people at the event and live and very much doing a, a social TV, you know what I mean? From the channels of the event organizers. But aside from that, there's a whole social media management side to the business that, you know, She's always asked for SEO. I'm always asked for social media. So like you're talking about, instead of bartering, we're partnering. You know what I mean? And if we get people in who want to do the social media, it just goes onto their Trello board and they take care of it. You know what I mean? They'll ask everything they need to do. They'll get all the logins. Everything works well. So I'm trying to grow that side of the business too because, I mean, cash in now rather than later. You know, I mean, I'm very much a, a, an advocate for that. So, um, but it's, it's not that it's a new model. I've been doing SEO for seven years now. So, and local SEO is very easy compared to what I would be dealing with, let's say, in my, in my, in my work, which is global SEO <laughs> for huge brands in high demand. You know, local SEO, I mean, your skill set, you're talking about transfer of skills. Like, I mean, local SEO is, is not as competitive. It's still competitive in certain areas. Like, I mean, if you're trying to rank for, I don't know, like divorce lawyer in New York, I mean, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot stick, 10 stick. But you, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of the skills are transferable and... But that's um so that's the business so aside it like i think of things like in, in terms of long and short term so like you know long term is the podcast i mean it's only launched two months now i mean to me to even evaluate whether i feel like that's working or not it's at least a year it's not two you know what i mean like i feel like you got to stick at it you got to be consistent and for me it's important i wanted something that was like that because i've started and stopped projects before where this is like it has to go out twice a month fifth and twentieth there's no, there's no messing around. Like it's got to be done, and you know that's how I, I'm approaching it. The affiliate websites, I mean, you can dip in and out. When one of them starts to make money, you give it more attention than maybe the other ones. But primarily, it's just about chipping away. They're long-term game plans. If they're new domain names and are not expired domains, I mean, you got to give them nine to twelve months. Like there's no other way. You got to give, got to get out of that Google sandbox. You got to give them the time. So like I understand that. I, I'm aware of that. So I'm just chipping away. Keep putting up content. Keep getting the Amazon links up there. Keep building the backlinks. Just keep doing what I'm doing. And then the agency is, I mean, I don't fulfill any of the work of the agency. I just do the calls, essentially, with the clients. Um, but all of the work is fulfilled by, as mentioned, have a team. Depends. Depends what they need. You know what I mean? But primarily, it's fulfilled by uh, one of my teams. I have a couple of different teams who would help me. So, um yeah, that's the long and short of it. <laughs> a bit of a ramble. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for sharing, Adam. So I'm curious to know, like uh, a lot of our uh, listeners, they're aspiring or new digital nomads. 
what tips or advice would you give to someone who's considering this digital nomad lifestyle? Would you uh, recommend they do the hybrid, become an entrepreneur, just look for a company that can guarantee you a stable, strong salary? What are your top tips for aspiring digital nomads? I mean, obviously it's unique to the individual. Everybody's individual situation is true. And one of the first things I would say is don't compare yourself to other people. That's very important because you don't know what's going on. You don't know if they've got 100 grand in the bank when they set off to do this, you know, travel all around the world or if their parents are paying for everything or, you know, you just don't know what other people have going on in their life. I would say one of the most important things is to figure out a revenue stream, you know, and if you don't have the skills that you you know, maybe you're not a graphic designer or a web designer or something like that, or maybe you want to do coaching and you don't have clients. Absolutely, 100%, I'm an advocate for, um, you know, if you can find remote employment with a company, do it. I mean, on my last podcast, I talked to a girl called Taylor Lane, and she has a website, remotelikeme.com. And her whole business model is she coaches people to help find remote jobs. Like, that's her model. It's not about starting your own business. It's not about being a freelancer. It's about remote jobs with a company and there's hundreds of companies it's becoming so normal because it's a lot cheaper too for the companies you know what i mean they don't have to bring in house and you know pay for your desk and do all that sort of jazz that you know all of the associated costs but there's a number of job boards too but i feel that a lot of these job boards would have the real high end like you know senior you know i don't know something developer for such and such a company it can be often difficult on these job boards to find the sort of remote work so that's why it's important to um, basically do research on what companies um, offer remote positions and, and approach them directly, you know, or apply on their websites because a lot of the times it mightn't end up in these remote work uh, websites, you know. Um, I guess, like, I mean, it, it's different for everyone because I have friends who do also, who do really well with very different businesses. You know, some are freelancers, some do, like, sell advertising on websites, others do... Uh, or like just strictly Amazon FBA and to generate a salary out of it. Like it's, it's, it's relative to your situation. I mean, it's not here for me to say what's right for you to do, but I would say, you know, don't leave yourself in a situation where you're not going to have any income, you know, by all means, if you want to head off to Thailand and work on it, you know, go do it. I did that in Chiang Mai. I loved it. Um, but just focus on, focus on building the revenue, like focus on getting the money in for the business getting the clients on board, and then when possible, removing yourself as the technician and, and moving yourself up and, and outsourcing. The, I don't like saying below you, but having people fulfill the work for you so you can continue to grow the business and, and do the things that are going to move the needle instead of, you know, there's only so many hours a day you can do graphic design. There's only so many articles you can write in a day. Like, you know, you're going to cap. You've got two choices there. You're going to cap your income or you're going to up your income and either people are going to pay it or are going to be like, nah, can't do that, man, I'll go somewhere else. And you're going to be faced. That's a struggle I faced, man. I did that before. I used, first thing I ever did online was I was a freelance writer. I used to write 500 word articles for $10. And I used to do ooh, 50 or 60 days a week. And it was hard, but it was like five, $600 a week living in Thailand. You know, which is good money to live in Thailand. You know, if you're in Thailand, that's a lot of money. But, I was capped. <laughs> I couldn't make any more. I could, the only way I could make more was to just write more. And when you do 50 articles about, man, I wrote about everything from anal bleaching creams to natural breast enhancement to uh, uh, Yankee candles, travel. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I've wrote about everything and anything you can think of. 
because you just don't know. You just you get your Google Drive spreadsheet and you're just like, here's all the time, here's the keywords, you know, and you're just like, okay, <laughs> and uh, crack on with it. So, I mean, I think that it's important just to understand your situation, be realistic. I mean, don't be, it's, it's very, don't be a daydreamer. Like, you know, be realistic. You need something coming in. You need a revenue source. And uh, it's not going to be a new blog that you start today and, you know, in two months' time, it's going to be paying the ad revenue, you know. You need a service or a product that's needed and wanted. You need to offer value for people and uh, show up and, and, you know, just be consistent, I guess, too, you know. Yeah, definitely some rock solid advice there. Couldn't agree more. Definitely is very individualized. Um, you know, obviously focusing on the revenue income side of the things. And, uh, uh, you know, I love your whole uh, hybrid approach too. We haven't covered that too much on the podcast yet uh, in terms of uh, working for a remote company, but also side hustling your way to building up your entrepreneurial ventures as well. Uh, so Adam, if people want to connect with you, uh, you know, subscribe to your podcast, check out all the stuff you're doing. What's your website, social media and more? Yeah, so uh, digitalnomadcafe.com is the website and you can find, I made sure it was on Spotify because I've, I wish every podcast was on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got things, if you got Spotify, you find me in all the episodes, uh, you know, on the website, iTunes, Stitcher, you know, probably in the next week or two, everyone's going to find his way to YouTube after talking with you because I feel like I'm missing a huge window of... Uh, of people and potential, you know? So, um, yeah, look, digitalnomadcafe.com. I'm on Instagram. I do Instagram stories a lot. I've started doing that recently so you can actually see what my life is like, you know, as glamorous as it is. <laughs> it's mainly just work and playing with Barbies, but like, you know, <laughs> that's the life of a dad, isn't it? You know, I mean, you work, you play with Barbies, you hang out with your missus and that's what you do. <laughs> you know? But um, yeah, and, uh, and that's it. So if you want to connect, that's where, and yeah, I mean, any, that's it, really. <laughs> Easy peasy. Uh, you know, check out digitalnomadcafe.com and, of course, subscribe across the World War Web and the different podcast directories. Adam, my friend, it was great to connect with you. I love connecting with DNDs, Digital Nomad Dads, so, and fellow podcasters, fellow entrepreneurs. So thanks for coming on the, our show here today. and look forward to connecting, as they say, IRL in real life as well. Cheers. Thank you. Wish you all the best and every success. Enjoy life in Manila for the foreseeable future. Thank you, thank Bye. you. Uh, thanks Bye. again for tuning into this Bye, episode. Bye.